2: What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, what do you got?
1: So Mattel is playing with my emotions because Uh-oh. I was really excited about a tweet that they put out. It said, in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, Barbie proudly is proud to announce two one-of-a-kind role models in Celia Cruz, the Cuban Queen of Salsa, and the Dominican American mm-hmm. author and activist Julia Álvarez. So Twitter went crazy. We were like, when are they dropping? How can we get them? How much do they cost? Because take my money. And then they said, sorry, guys. These are special one-of-a-kind dolls that were created to celebrate Celia and Julia. They are not available for purchase. And I said, okay, so we finally get some Latina Barbies, but I can't buy them? Really? I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I was really upset. I was really, really upset. Really Sounds upset. like
2: it, but then you said you don't know how to feel about it, but then you say you're really upset. So, well, what is I'm, it?
1: You know, I'm Latina. We're complicated. So, you know, I'm upset. I see. <laughs> yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> right. hey, so I'm Mexicana. So, you know,
1: it just kind of it, it goes more. So, no, I am. I am. I was, for. I mean, look, the Barbies are nice. Obviously, I would have wanted them to look a little curvier, but whatever. It is what it is. But just to have that representation with Barbie and Mattel, like, it's huge. But then I can't buy the Barbie. I'm literally trying to give you my money right now, but I can't buy the Barbie.
0: Okay. I wonder if they'll, they'll go back and say, wait a second, we put this out for public consumption. We found out that there's a real desire to have this. And so even though we weren't planning on doing this, now let's do it anyway because there's a whole bunch of money out there to be had. I wonder if this is like a test case. Let's find out how people react to this because honestly, like, what would you do with a Barbie doll now? Would you display it? Would you give it to a as a a gift
1: to your niece? What what would you do with it? For me, I would display it. Again, really? it's a, a for me, it's a representation thing. I didn't have oh. Barbies that looked like them growing up. They were all blonde with green or blue eyes, so they didn't look like me. So for me, it's just. And I think for little girls now, where that are growing up, it's like yo, like they look like me. That's a big deal. So I just I'm like, Ugh. you know, because when I go to buy like, for example, we go to the Disney store. My, my niece always goes after Moana or Jasmine. You know, dolls like look that look a little bit like her versus other dolls. I didn't really have that growing up. So for me, this is a big deal, but then we can't buy the Barbie. I would keep it just because it's special to me. I mean, I have bobbleheads from the Dodgers. I have Funko Pops. Like, yeah, I would collect it.
0: George, when you were a kid, be honest. Did you have any dolls?
2: No, I had like Transformers and G.I. Joes. Do those count?
0: Yes, they do. G.I. Joes count. Now, did you have the old school G.I. Joe where he had like the velvet hair and the velvet beard? Did you have that guy?
2: No, no. They were like little plastic uh, G.I. Joes. They were like small. I want to say like a couple inches, not even like very big.
0: I had a Steve Austin. Does anybody know who Steve Austin is now that I'm the old guy? Hell yeah. in the of wrestlers. Course. Come on. No, no, not who Steve doesn't... Austin, the wrestler. No, no, no. Oh, no. Then I don't know. <laughs> oh, never mind. No, I don't know. The million dollar Oh, man. you mean the... The bionic man. Right, right. You know, and they used to yeah, have this button yeah. on his back, and you'd push the button, and he'd give you a karate chop. You know, that was the, the Steve Austin bionic man doll. I had uh, the Lone yeah. Ranger and Tonto. You know, I had those dolls. Yeah. I, they, none of them looked like mm. me, by the way. I just had them. I don't even know why I had them, but I had them.
2: Yeah, and, and the you know he used to do the uh, he used to make that really ridiculous sound uh, when Lee Majors would run right. right.
1: <laughs> I just <laughs> love <laughs> that Lindsay and I went to the wrestler. Right. Well, it was Steve Austin.
0: I should have thought of that before I said it. That generationally, you guys would have thought the wrestler before the, uh-huh. the six million dollar man. Yeah,
2: I, I I know I'm familiar with Steve Austin, the the six million dollar man. But I that was not my the first place I went either. I'll really, tell you
0: another so. doll I had. Evil Knievel. I used to have Evil Knievel who would sit on his motorcycle, and then I think this was Mattel. You'd wind it up, boom, 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 and then and then Evil Knievel would take off, and he'd jump through things, and he'd break stuff in your house. You had all kinds of little weird kind of dolls like that, I guess.
1: You know what was a weird one that I had growing up, and I loved them, the Beverly Hills 90210 dolls. Like I had Ooh, all wait, of them. Oh, I had Beverly those. Yeah, yeah, I had those.
3: Yeah, I had them was all. A- that was the first boy doll that I got. Like, yeah. I didn't have a Ken doll. I didn't but either. I had, I had Brandon, I think. Yeah, I had the 90210. Brandon one. Walsh?
1: Yes.
0: Jason Priestley with the, did, did he have yep. the, 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 did he, he did, have the
1: sideburns? Yeah, he did. And he had like the little earring. Yeah, they had, they had the cast of Beverly Hills 90210. And then when In Sync was like super huge and they had the little puppets, I had those two. I had to collect them all. Really? Should have kept them because now they're worth money. And I think I threw them away. Hmm. So mad.
2: Yeah, I had no idea they made dolls for that show.
1: Mm-hmm. Barbie dolls. All
0: right. By the way, I'm going to tell you guys real quick. I was last night. I was at a bar. Uh, my girlfriend Rachel and I, we had landed, and we went to a bar to have something to eat, and this girl walks in, and she's wearing this skin-tight pink dress, and she's got blonde hair, and she got, you got know, the body and the curves, and all over the dress it said Barbie. And so, of course, we had to stop her and talk to her, and she told us, you know, everybody thinks I look like a Barbie doll, so I wear this cute little dress, That says Barbie all over. And I thought, hmm, that's a little weird to me. Got to be honest with you. I think it's a little bit weird. You look like a Barbie doll and you're advertising that you're a Barbie doll. Hey, you do you. Yeah, I guess so. Everybody do their own thing.
2: Yeah, boo. Do you. (laughs) All right. That that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So big weekend in football, which we'll get to in the next segment. All right. The Rams, uh, you know, Big win on the road. The Raiders are 2-0. and um, The Chargers lost in Charger fashion uh, this weekend. USC got a win. UCLA lost. We're going to get to all that stuff in the next segment. However, Anthony Davis got married this weekend. I saw that. Okay, And Anthony Davis, as you should at your wedding, had a, lot, a few cocktails, let's just call it. I don't want to say a lot because I don't know if he's a lightweight or not so now he got married and he was singing to his new bride i think that's cute um i do we have the actual audio of him singing or is it not at a uh, airable we can play it yeah i saw it i mean does it is it sound okay to play on the air that's another question like that's my question yeah Uh, no it's not okay
1: that's fine no i mean but you guys can go to instagram ESPN LA has it on Twitter as well. So you guys can definitely hear it.
2: That's it's just, cool. It's not
0: A D. Yeah. Let me tell you, George, singing at a wedding is one of the best things you can do for the bride and groom. Now, if you're the bride and the groom sings to you, that's sexy AF. That's hot. Okay. If you're the father of the bride, I recently was at a wedding, not this past weekend, but I was recently at a wedding. The father of the bride, not a singer, sang a song that he'd been working on for months. You could tell. And it, even though he wasn't a great singer, it had the whole room bawling their eyes out. Singing at a wedding is a stud move. So contemplate that next wedding you're going to.
2: Uh, listen, I think singing to the bride is pretty awesome, too. Like, it goes to show you you're having a good time at your wedding. You're, you're clearly in love. I, I love it.
1: I have a question for you guys. What's that? I mean, I've never been married, right? So there's that. but. When you guys go to weddings, do you guys mm-hmm. look at the groom or the bride when they're walking down? Like, when she's walking down the aisle, do you look oh, at the Oh, the groom? bride. The bride, 100,000%. I don't. Who looks at the groom? I do.
3: Really? Why? Because
1: it's sh- so I've always everybody looks at the bride. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Right. And they look beautiful. But, yeah. you see how he reacts to her as she's walking down the line the the aisle? oh, yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, i I give him a glance, but I but, you know, you got it, you get it. I mean, the whole thing is here comes the bride, you know what I mean yeah, like, that's but... the song.
3: Listen, my brother just got married two weeks <laughs> right? ago like, I'm like, you know? that is the song I was yeah. like holding in the emotions, and then as soon as Brittany has wife now came down the aisle, I I lost it. I totally lost it and I started bawling. I looked at my brother and that made me cry too, but seeing her walk down the aisle just made me lose it. I think it says a lot. Like if you look at the guy and you just kind of see, because I've been to some weddings,
1: y'all. That you look at the groom, you're like, oh, he does not look excited at all. You (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, no, no, for sure. But everyone's so focused on the girl, he's like, ain't nobody looking at me. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm looking at you. I see you. (laughs) You don't look excited.
2: (laughs) So you want to know what's funny? Um, All my uh, groomsmen at my wedding, I I had a day wedding. And it was, like, I want to say, I don't remember the exact time, but it was definitely early. Like, not like morning early, but early in the afternoon. Like, like 1 o'clock maybe or something like that, uh, maybe 2. So it was early in the day. And they got there in the morning, and they wanted to drink scotch, like first thing out of the gate. And I'm like, bro, like I haven't even had breakfast yet. And they're like, here, yeah, bro, take a shot. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be bad. So I, I did my best to not drink so much because i i'm like i don't want to be like wasted like on the on in the church this is ridiculous um but i was sweaty a little bit because of it like it was hot it was yeah. out you know it was a the wedding um the church had ac but they had the doors open it's miami so it was humid um like and it was it was it was tough but but you're right when that moment hit and the music hits like you forget about all that stuff i mean that's what you're supposed to forget like you know
0: so congratulations and a big mazel tov to anthony davis yeah. way to go my man great job getting married and the video of you singing to your bride is awesome let me <laughs> great ask, job let me ask all of you guys a question if this is right or wrong acceptable unacceptable what have you so this past weekend i went to a wedding and um i'm, I'm out to dinner on uh friday night with some other friends that were also invited to the wedding and there were six of us sitting at the table and here was the conversation Everybody make a prediction how long this marriage lasts. Ooh. Now, is that, is that wrong to do? Oh, no, I've, been, I've, I've done, done it. At, at <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure. We've because, done it. Because one of the guys in the group said, I predict they actually don't get married. So, so as the bride was walking down and the groom was standing there at the altar, he was like looking at his watch going, I got like 15 seconds left here until I still win. So he had zero. They don't get married. I think I had like six years, somebody else had seven, somebody else had five, somebody had four. But I just didn't know if it was, if it was okay to actually have that conversation. I kind of felt a little dirty, a little sleazy, predicting that it wasn't going to last and predicting okay. how many years it would.
2: I, I will quickly tell you this story because we got to go to break because I do want to get into the football talk on the other side. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's do this. I will tell you the quick story on the other side about the only time I've predicted whether the marriage would last. Uh, and it involved one of my close friends. So I'll tell you that quick story, and then we're going to do a little roundup with a little football music from the weekend. The UCLA, USC, the Rams, the Raiders, the the Chargers, all the stuff that went down that concerns those teams. We'll do that in the next segment. And at 6.30, don't forget, Big Deer, No Deal, everybody's favorite segment here in the 6 o'clock hour. So all that's coming up.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better.
1: Yeah. Those are my lyrics. You think I treat you wrong? I was wrong. like these are not your lyrics. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. No, bro, you're way off beat on this one. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but I wasn't
0: trying to be on beat. I was just trying to use my lyrics there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh. Ay, Dios mío. <laughs>
1: <sighs> this is my why I don't try to sing on air cuz then I'm going to make everybody's ears bleed.
2: Just one of them days. You no, know, that's
0: another uh, great so, idea for a promotion. Why don't we do a seven ten karaoke contest no. where we broadcast the show live and then we get done and then we have Absolutely a full on karaoke that. contest? What do you mean no? That's no. a great idea. As long idea. as we don't do, broadcast co- the
3: karaoke. No, no. no you don't oh, do a no broadcast. No, no, nobody's no, no. no. We broadcast
0: to from where we're gonna be, and then people start to make their way in, and then we have a full blown King of 710, Queen of Seven Ten, who's the best karaoke singer out there kind of thing. I think it's a great idea. You know, it goes nicely, George, with my roller skating idea. You know, I really like the whole idea of a roller skating promotion. I'm
1: down for that.
2: You like that one, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't want to die. What, roller skating? Yeah, that's George, all you all. Will... you skate?
2: Cheer. I, I, roller skating, I would do, for sure. Um, So, real quick, let me tell you this story before we get into football. Laura, so prepare the football music in a moment here. Bum,
0: bum, so, bum, bum. You,
2: you were talking about, like, weddings. You asked, Kaplan weddings that you've gone to. That you said wouldn't last and you took bets or whatever. So one of my childhood friends is getting married. I've told this story before, so I don't know if you were here for it. Getting married in Puerto Rico. That's where his future bride was from, right? Mm-hmm. Big wedding. Parents were loaded. It lived in Puerto Rico. And the wedding was Thanksgiving weekend. I'll oh. never forget. Okay. Yeah,
0: horrible weekend so, for a wedding.
2: Not not ideal for sure. Um, so you know, Thanksgiving is Thursday, Friday morning, we gotta get on a plane and go to Puerto Rico. And I remember at the bachelor party, um, all my friends and I talking about, like, hey, is anybody going to tell him we all think that she's not the right fit for him? Like, this isn't going to work? Because they had broken up. (laughs) They both work in the hotel industry. And he literally moved to another country. Like, he moved to the Bahamas to open up a hotel um, to get away from her after they broke up. And then she started coming by for what I would call conjugal visits Mm -hmm. because he was getting lonely. Mm -hmm. and they kind of reconciliated there, okay? They reconciled. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm with you. And and then they decided to get married. So I was like, and the bachelor party, I told my buddies, hey, look, dude, one of us should tell him how we feel. And uh, everyone's like, yeah, 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 I'll tell him, I'll tell him. And, of course, the bachelor party weekend is almost over. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting on a plane in like two hours, so I'm just going to tell him. We're sitting there having a drink, and I go, yo, bro, let me just tell you something. Are you sure you want to do this? Because it's plenty of time still to back out of this. And he's like, oh, man, I love her. And I was like, all right, bro. I mean, y'all broke up and you moved to another country. I'm just letting you know that that seemed a little weird. But if you feel that way, okay.
0: Just a reminder that uh, you've broken up and moved to another part of the world to escape her. Just wanted to be clear. We're all on the same page. Correct.
2: Yeah. So then we, uh, you know, the wedding happens, whatever it is, a month later, two months later, whatever it is. And we get to the wedding. And that's what we're doing. My five friends and I are sitting there. Um, at the wedding with some uh, childhood girlfriends of ours. Um, We didn't even go with our significant others. We just all went, like, single to this thing because – that's how little we had faith in the marriage that even, I mean, we, I wasn't married at the time, but, you know, we all had girlfriends at the time and nobody, nope, nah, we're good. Babe, we're just gonna you don't have ourselves. to come.
0: You don't have to come. This is one that's not going to last. So don't worry about it. You don't have to come. You don't yeah, have to like, just,
2: Yeah. Like just, we're going to go quick and we're good, like in and out. And that's what we did. And all of us were betting on it, but yeah. And, and they did, they did get divorced and now he's happily married to his, his wife and has children, his, another young lady, obviously, but yeah, like it, it didn't work. So I did do that and it, and it was true.
0: All right, well, Sorry. good. I don't feel nearly as slimy as I felt saying the yeah. words uh, on the radio, like, is it okay to bet on your friend's wedding, like, how long this marriage is going to last? I don't feel bad about it at all. You've made me feel less slimy. Thank you.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's, that's how it went down. Laura, you said you did it as well?
1: Yeah, we did it too. One of my friends, they're still married, but eh, I give no. them two years, and they've been <laughs> married for, like, five, six months. She was pregnant, <laughs> right. so I think that that's why he did it. mm I'm like, no, nah, divorce okay. coming soon. Sorry, okay. not sorry. Well, that's 50% of us out here, you know? That's why I don't want to get married, but that's a whole other thing. Go to your football thing. <laughs> I the hit music. the
2: football music. There we go. I right, Kaplan, where do you want to start? Which is, the, which is the game that sticks out the most for you in regards to the three teams we love talking about here in L.A. in the pros and the two teams we like to discuss in college? You
0: know, George, I will um, say that I I would prefer to start with a little college football and then move our way over, and the reason I want to do that is because I know you called this USC-Washington State game this past weekend on ESPN Radio, Mm -hmm. so you had a better view of it than I did, but I definitely think USC is looking at a potential quarterback controversy. Uh, I think that it's real interesting when you have a kid who is the Parade All-American, USA Today, um, every other you know accolade that a kid can have, when you're the number one high school quarterback in the country, not from Orange County, not from South Florida, not from Western PA, from Utah, of all places, and you go to USC, and three games into the season, you find yourself already in the middle of it, which is a new coach, because my coach got fired. The guy who recruited me is the coach now. And the guy who I'm looking up to is all of a sudden hurt, and I'm thrown into the middle of the action. So I would prefer to start with USC's win at Washington State.
2: Yeah, look, I was very impressed with USC because, you know, I met Dante Williams, the interim coach, before the game. I chatted with him, and my man was laser-focused. And let me explain to you how laser-focused Dante Williams was. When he came over to talk to me, um, you know, we did a quick little hit for the broadcast – and he, he, like, locked eyes with me immediately, introduced himself, you know, shook my hand, and then we went into three questions, and after we were done and we wrapped up, you know, he gave me the fight on and then walked away and then was so focused that he <laughs> realized he didn't say goodbye to me, turned back around and said, man, I'm really sorry, and shook my hand, and I was like, no, coach, it's all good, man, you're, you're locked in, you're ready to roll. By the way, he was looking tight. Like he had the uh, the Cardinal Red uh jacket on. He had uh some black pants, and he had some Lou, uh um Lou, Lou, Louboutins. Uh what what are the shoes? The fancy shoes?
3: Louboutins, that's Louboutins. right.
2: Yeah, okay. He had some of those on. My man was those. looking good, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh and then to start the game, he was running around like just go like yelling at people. They looked disorganized, but it was Man, I want to say the last play, uh, Laura, I gave you the a, a different cut, but it was the last play of the, the, the first half, basically. So, it was fourth and nine, if I recall correctly. Fourth and nine with, like, less than a minute to go. And they got on the board, and it changed everything. Laura, it's 128. 52, 128, 52 is the cart number. Let me know when you have that. Because, Scott, when I tell you, you you played football in college, You, you you, you were in NFL training camps, momentum within a game, I don't believe in momentums from game to game, but within a game, especially in the college level, I think it's a big thing. And when the Trojans hit this touchdown to cut What seemed like an insurmountable 14-point lead in half, I thought this was a monster moment. Play it, Laura. Five seconds on the play clock. Dart, five-step drop. Dart throws it over the middle. He's got a receiver open. It is caught for a touchdown. Touchdown, Gary Bryant. A 38-yard pitch and catch from Dart to Bryant. And the Trojans have life. Yeah. And George, that changed I everything.
0: I agree. Listen, there's 32 seconds left to go in the half. You're down 14, nothing. And you've got a backup quarterback. Who's a freshman who's getting his first action. And he throws this 38 yard touchdown, by the way, completing 11 play 93 yard drive that took just a little bit less than four minutes, but that is the momentum shift to what happens in the second half. Cause in the third quarter USC scored four touchdowns.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They blew it open after that. And, uh, Lord, now play the other cut. Let me hear my last touchdown call. Since we're playing my touchdown call, we're being, uh, you know, you know. I want to critique myself here, so I can. I I haven't actually heard myself back, so I want to see if I did a good job. And Kaplan, you can tell me if I did a good job. Let me judge here. Did you like that last looking left? Goes down the sideline. He's got a receiver, and it's caught. Caught by number 81, Kyle Ford, for the touchdown. A 36-yard strike. And Jackson Dart is throwing darts out there.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I mean, come on. One play, 36 yards, seven-second touchdown drive. Throwing darts is what he was doing. I like that.
2: Yeah, there you go. So, USC, big win for them. Now, where do you want to go? UCLA? Because yes. they had a big letdown with a week off.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about UCLA. Listen, see, this is what I was, this is what I was trying to explain to everybody, okay? That you got to just pump the brakes on the hype machine you know as much as everybody wanted to get super excited about what ucla had accomplished they won their first game against hawaii not really that big of a deal but the storyline was chip kelly finally gets an out-of-conference win okay chalk that one up week two giving away thousands of tickets to fill the rose bowl to get people in there to root on ucla against lsu many of us were naive We thought this is LSU of the SEC. They're going to come in here and pound UCLA. Well, UCLA shocks the college football world and wins that game. By taking the week off last week, they didn't even have to play, and they moved all the way up to number 13 in the top 25 poll. Now, after a week off, you're at home, and you're playing against Fresno State. And, George, it's just the way kids think. We're UCLA. We're the Pac-12. They're just Fresno State of the Mountain West Conference and you know what I'm not really all that impressed with their win against Cal Poly the week before but you know what they should have done UCLA is they should have gone back and they should have looked at the game against Oregon because in that game Fresno State lost that game 31-24 for Fresno State to even hang and be in the game with Oregon tells you they're potentially dangerous I don't know exactly what happened to UCLA I don't know if they underestimated their opponent I don't know if they just got high on reading their own press clippings. I don't know exactly what UCLA's problem was, but Fresno State just took all the air out of that UCLA balloon.
2: Yeah, they did, man. And Fresno State, uh, that's what they are. They're giant killer types. Like, they love playing the underdog role. Because think about it. A lot of those kids, almost all of them, probably wanted to go to UCLA or SC. Right. You right. know what I mean? And they, they have a little chip on their shoulder. So when they play these Pac-10, uh, Pac-12 schools, like Oregon, you know, you, as you were right, they played them tight. Uh, They want to show out in these situations, and and they took out UCLA. And, look, I I just feel like the UCLA offense was sputtering uh, throughout that game as I watched it on my phone, by the way, uh, as I was flying back uh, to L.A. that night and a very disappointing loss for UCLA. And it's weird because the Trojans have two losses, but I feel better about their prospects moving forward from this point on than I do the Bruins at the moment, even though I do love Charbonnet, the running back for UCLA and him being kind of the bell cow in that offense. So all right, look, we're gonna do the NFL stuff after big deal or no deal. That's coming up next. NFL in the last segment, we'll recap the three teams and kind of give our quick thoughts on the Rams who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at lq.com. Thank you, Christopher. Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Salmon Ash Law at 800 304 2000. That's 800 304 2000, because you deserve what's right.
3: What's right, Linz? Well, what's right is that it appears as though NBC staple Al Michaels could be in a different booth next season. According to a recent report from Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, Michaels is likely to join Amazon. The streaming service will be taking over the reins for NFL's Thursday Night Football Package starting in 2022. And the report says that there's a 90% chance that Michaels ultimately departs NBC in favor of Amazon. Al Michaels is only under contract with NBC through Super Bowl 56. So that would make the move to Amazon logistically and contractually possible for the longtime voice of NFL on primetime. Is this 90 percent chance rumor a big deal or no deal? Kep,
0: it's a big deal. First of all, I'm going to say a couple of things here. Number one, I love Al Michaels. I don't mean just yep. love him as a broadcaster. I love him as a person. Um, Every time I'm with Al Michaels, I'm blown away. I'm like, I can't believe Al Michaels knows me. I can't believe he knows my name. How did I get so lucky? This guy's been a part of my life since I was 10 years old. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. And here I am standing with Al Michaels. I have a video from a couple years ago. Al and I are walking in to call a Rams game. Um, He's doing it on TV. I'm doing it on radio. And he's walking me through the hallway at the Coliseum. and And I'm videotaping. And he's doing historical content about the history of the L.A. Coliseum. I'm like, this is unbelievable. What's also incredible is this, George. It's one thing if Al Michaels left one television network to go to another. But when you're leaving a television network for a streaming service, isn't that sort of ironic? Like the streaming service is like the new, young, cool way to watch content, and Al is like the the grandfather of all sports broadcasters, even though he's still at the top of his game. I love this move. Andrew Marchand always gets this stuff right. And you say 90%. I'll tell you it's probably more like 99% because – Mike Tirico and Drew Brees are planning on taking over for Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth next year on Sunday Night Football. So I believe this is happening. I emailed Uncle Big Al earlier today. Hopefully we'll talk to him this week. George, I love Al Michaels. How about you?
2: I love Al Michaels. Al Michaels to me is the soundtrack of the NFL um, in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't remember a time when the NFL did not have Al Michaels. Um, When I was a kid growing up, the Monday night football booth was him, Frank Gifford and Dan Deerdorf when I was a kid. Yep. And it's always been some semblance of him doing the biggest game of the week. So look, the contractual stuff has been out there that they hired Mike Tirico to replace him years ago, which has to make the situation really weird, right? Like for everyone, when you know your replacement is sitting right there. Okay. Like, and, Kudos to all those guys that they've been able to make it work. It doesn't seem like there's any animosity whenever there's an interaction on the air. Uh, Both guys unbelievably talented, as much as I love Mike Tirico as well, and I don't really know him all that well either. Um, You know, Al is a different place in my heart, even though I actually don't know him at all, Scott Kaplan, because, again, it's the child in me that remembers Al Michaels calling the biggest games of the week. So I think it's awesome. He's always been ahead of the curve on stuff and I actually think it's a great move for Amazon to your point yes it's the new thing it's streaming but who owns Amazon Prime a bunch of old dudes like us who want stuff delivered to our house and we we, because we're we don't you know we got kids or we got family and we got to get stuff to our house quick so everyone I know that's in my age range has Amazon Prime and will watch watch stuff on Amazon already to begin with so they will watch football games there and to have a familiar face and voice makes a ton of sense
0: Gives them instant credibility. You know, I don't think that people go to NFL games because Jim Nance is calling it or Tony Romo's on the call or Steve Levy or Louis Riddick. I don't believe people watch games for announcers, but I do actually think that if you're saying to yourself, I don't know about this whole Amazon Prime thing, it's like they got Al Michaels. Al's probably pushing 70-something years old. If Al can broadcast on Amazon, I can figure out how to get it on my television.
2: Exactly. All right, what's, uh, what's next, Linz?
3: All right, so we all know the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're 0-2. They've been outscored 60-34 to and outgained 847 yards to 584. And Trevor Lawrence, who the Jags have bet their entire future on, has thrown 42-84 of 84 for 450 yards, four touchdowns, and five interceptions. So the Jaguars have looked like a bad football team, and so far the fans haven't been showing up. Well, Urban Meyer decided that because of that he wanted to release this statement says, quote, hang in there with us. We're going to get better. The one thing about Jacksonville and the 904, go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder to get this thing flipped. Is Urban Meyer's quote-unquote statement a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, it's a
2: big deal because it's really Bush League, and it's very collegey and it's kind of lame, to be honest with you. Um, st- Hang with me or hang with us as our coach, who is getting a little annoyed at the media in the NFL asking me if he was getting out coached this past week, uh, tells you to be patient with the team and players he picked and put in place. Um, so, and, or, you know, just be patient until Trevor Lawrence potentially bails him out uh, <laughs> down the road. It's just weak. Um, I, I don't, I've never been a huge fan of his. For a number of reasons, even before some of the stuff that's come out to light over the last several years, uh, I, I just I don't like the way he does business, even when he was a college coach. He's a great coach in the college game, uh, but in the NFL, he is being exposed as a guy um, that just isn't up to snuff with the pros. That's just me.
0: I'm going to go with no deal for many of the same reasons you just mentioned. Look, the Jaguars are 0-2. There are plenty of teams in the NFL right now that are 0-2. Very few of them, in fact, zero of them, other than the Jacksonville Jaguars, are essentially using their PR department to apologize for their first two losses. Hey, pal, this is the NFL. This is an Ohio State, okay? You're not playing against Michigan or Oregon, okay, where you apologize to the boosters, and you're like, that'll never happen again. This is why he should never have cut Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow could be making all these speeches to the Jacksonville faithful, and people would be buying what Tim Tebow is selling because he's the homeboy from down there, He's trying to do what Tim Tebow did the year that he said, we'll never lose another game. I'm embarrassed by my performance. So for all these reasons, I could keep on rambling. I'm going no deal. I am just not a fan of Urban Meyer.
3: Wow, I, you really don't, don't like him. You know, there's a, a lot of really interesting responses to that tweet. Um, and I thought what, the funniest one was like, if you listen closely, you can hear USC's fight song playing in the background of this tweet. That was my favorite. You know what? Listen, I know there's all this talk about USC
0: and their coaching vacancy. Um, I really don't think Urban Meyer is a USC coach. He may have been great at, at, at Utah. He may have been great at Ohio State, Florida. He's won national championships. I just don't think his personality will fit with the program or the community. Just my opinion.
3: Okay. We'll see how that goes. All right, next one. Patrick Mahomes' brother was involved in an incident with a fan at m and Bank Stadium after the Chiefs lost to the Ravens in a close game last night. Jackson Mahomes, the youngest brother of the quarterback, who has amassed quite a large following on social media, was seen on a video getting screamed at by a gloating Ravens fan. Mahomes responded by throwing water on the fan. He then later reacted to the video of the incident on Twitter saying, quote, they were thirsty. Is this a big deal or no deal, Cap? Patrick Mahomes threw water. His brother Uh threw. His brother was getting taunted by Ravens fans, and instead of just ignoring them and whatever, he threw a bottle of water on them.
0: Anything escalate after that?
3: Um, not really. It doesn't seem like it. But I think that was. I think it was kind of a Bush League move to do. You should be the bigger person, right? When you have a famous brother who's a star quarterback in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it's hard when you're the family member or the friends of the players and people are around you and they may or may not know that you are or are not related and they're talking all kinds of stuff about the player and finally you're like, oh my God, I can't take it anymore. That's my brother out there. Um, you know what? If that's your brother, then go to a suite like he's Patrick Mahomes. Be out of where people can get to you or say things that could get under your
2: skin. I'm going to go. Oh, no come deal. on, man. Like what? tell people to act like freaking grown-ups how well, about that
0: I mean, I mean listen I think the thing is is this though you you, gener- you you're gonna see Matt Stafford's family in a luxury suite you're gonna see Patrick Mahomes's mom who I follow on Instagram she's always in a luxury suite um, I've been in these situations where your family or your friends or the players and people around you were talking all kinds of stuff about them, and you either bite your tongue or you get into a fight um, I would bite my tongue myself but I think it's pretty weak for Patrick Mahomes's brother to do that which is why I'm going no deal
2: yeah, look, I think people, no deal, people need to be grown-ups. Stop, being, stop using your drunkenness as a, you know excuse for being a freaking idiot. I almost cursed again. Um, I, I just. It annoys me. It's stupid. And yes, I understand what you're saying, Kaplan. Like, hey, go into a suite just to avoid that stuff. You shouldn't have to, is my point.
0: I got it. I mean, listen, if your brother or your husband or whatever is a player on the field, be prepared. People are going to talk about them. You know, like tonight, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers is down at Green Bay at halftime to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. There are people inside Lambeau Field saying, Aaron Rodgers is terrible. They should have traded him. That guy doesn't care about our team anymore. And somewhere, he might have his fiance sitting by going, that hurts my
2: feelings. Well, that's fans go to games. They buy tickets. They have L- opinions. Lauda, you go to a lot of games. What do you think?
1: Y'all want to know the truth? I have no idea what you're talking about.
3: I was just going to say, let me guess. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> I'm editing yeah. back here. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Uh, go ahead. Tell the story really quickly. Who, who went sorry. to the
3: game? Lindsey? Who went? Oh, okay, Laura. Sorry. Explaining it for you really quick. Patrick Mahomes' brother gotten a bit of a tiff with some Ravens fans who were taunting him and yelling at him. So he threw some water on them. Threw a bottle of water on them. Yeah, you don't do that by him right like he's the one in the wrong i think yeah I the do, brother's the one in the wrong yeah because I
1: mean, look taunting's gonna happen un- unless they said something hella disrespectful and it could have happened you still don't do that because you're representing your brother and you're attached to someone on the team it's just gonna look worse and then it goes back to him and then it's like a domino effect so you unfortunately
3: have to act a certain way when you go to games I agree. I feel the same way about the, the friends and family, especially the family who post stuff like trying to get into fights with fans on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Like, don't do that. That's a bad look. Why was he, like, not in a luxury box, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Cap said. That's what, That's I what said. Cap said. Oh, see, I wasn't,
1: I really wasn't a bandage. <laughs> no. That's how y'all know. <laughs> yeah. All right,
2: I is big deal or no deal each and every day at 6.30 here on this segment, or this show, uh, of course, one of the more popular segments here. All right, real quick, we got one more segment to go, one more football segment to go, Cap. We're going to do the NFL Raiders, Rams, Chargers. Our quick kind of recap, big thoughts, big picture, micro, macro. We'll cover it all in a few
1: minutes.
2: That will never get old. Happy birthday posthumously to, uh, to Adam West. Um, that will never get old, though. Greg saying Val Kilmer was a better Batman than Christian. Somewhere
1: Val. is Greg stuck in traffic, upset, hitting yep, his not thing.
2: <laughs> the worst take maybe ever on this show.
0: My favorite part is listening to Greg break down films and actors and actresses like it's sports. You know, like as if there's metrics that we can we can find out. You know, pitching like ERA, wins and losses. You know, batting averages, etc. Cetera, They're et cetera. like, it's just opinions. And he's like, no, he's fantastic. He's the best. What great writing and screenplay and cinematography that was. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll be over here watching Monday Night Football if you need me.
2: Yeah. By the way, speaking of football, I want to respond to Jack Burton, who tweeted us. He says, this show would be so, with a bunch of O's, much better if y'all actually talked about sports that everybody's watching before the third hour of the show. That means football. There are two teams in L.A. now, but y'all barely talking about football, shaking my head. To which, I know you responded, really, we don't talk football. And then he says, I've been listening for a couple of hours already, which can't be true. Y'all talking about everything but, hell, not even basketball season, you're talking about AD's wedding. All right. We literally spent the entire first hour of this show talking about football. Like, the first segment we talked about my trip to Pullman, and then the next three segments were legitimately 45 straight minutes of us talking football. Like, I don't know that Jack Burton is in his car at the exact time that he's in his car on on the 405 or the 110 or the 91 or the 710. I'm... I'm trying to talk about a lot of things because there's a lot of things to talk about on a Monday. Mondays, to be honest with you, are the toughest days to do during football season, although in theory it should be the easiest because there's There's so 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 many games. But but the problem is there's too much to talk about. Well, hey, listen, maybe
0: Jack tomorrow, just going to throw an idea at you, pal. Why don't you tweet at us tomorrow when you get in your car so that we can do the show for what you want it to be? I feel like we've talked a lot of football today. I think we've talked a lot about USC and their win against Washington State. Um, by the way, you know, it's, it's pretty rare to see a college coach get fired in the middle of the season. I mean, it just doesn't happen every day. Right. And there are yeah. lots of losses, George, around college football, major upsets where teams come from mid-major conferences and upset teams in Power Five conferences, and the coaches don't immediately get fired. I really wonder, as the year goes on for USC, Will they look back and say, you know, the mistake we made for the year was we fired our coach too early, not because he was going to survive the year, but just the turmoil that was created. And obviously we'll see how that all plays out. But USC football, we talked a lot today. UCLA and his big loss this past weekend to Fresno State. The Pac-12, by the way, other than Oregon, tell me who else is in the Pac-12. Because I oh, saw San I mean, Diego Oregon. State beat up on Utah this past week, and I say beat up, they just barely beat them. But they beat right. up on Arizona the week before. When mid-majors from the Mountain West are beating the teams from the Pac-12, that's a huge problem for the conference. Huge.
2: Yeah. 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 Oregon, though, is really damn good, clearly. Right. We also Um, talked a
0: lot today about the Raiders. We've talked a lot about uh, the Chargers and the Cowboys. We talked a bunch about the Rams and what you think about their win. I mean, we talked a lot of football today.
2: Well, and here's the thing. Um, We're never going to do 100% sports the whole show. Like, that is never going to happen. And Because I can't do that show anymore at this stage of my life. Not because I'm not capable of it. I work at ESPN. I don't want to do it. I'm doing the show with Scott, and Scott is doing the show with me and Lindsay and Laura that we want to do. And you will either enjoy it or you won't. And it's that simple. Because we want to laugh and talk. We want to laugh, have fun, and then talk sports too. Yeah, but 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 listen,
0: if you've been listening for a couple of hours because you're monitoring our, our amount of football talk, that's awesome. Way to go, man. Nice
2: well, job. I that's, appreciate it. And there's yeah. also a podcast, by the way, yeah. that you can skip through to hear the football talk that we had the first hour. And if you missed it, we we're going to do a very quick recap of it right now. So, yeah. Laura, hit the damn football music. All right, which team do you want to start with in the NFL, the three that matter here? I would say start with the Rams, George. Okay, Let it rip. What was your biggest takeaway from the Rams game?
0: My biggest takeaway is when you're a West Coast team traveling east, it doesn't mean you have to go to New York or Miami or Atlanta or Philadelphia. If you're a West Coast team and you're traveling east and you play in the early window, the 10 a.m. window, getting a win for a West Coast team is traditionally very difficult. So, look, while the Rams escape Indianapolis with a 27-24 win, a win, by the way, where Carson Wentz, not that I think he's a star, but he is their starting quarterback, gets hurt late in the game because Aaron Donald rolls on not one but both of his ankles, and they got to bring in this young kid quarterback now that they need him to to lead them to victory. It's not likely going to happen. Was it a great win? I say any road win in the NFL is a good win. Was it overly impressive? Not necessarily, but losing a game to the Colts would be devastating for the Rams because what's coming up next, George? The Super Bowl champions Tom Brady and the Buccaneers come to L.A. this Sunday. 2-0 2-0 and start for the Rams. I don't care how ugly it was or how pretty it was. A road win is a good win in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. I will say that Daryl Henderson's injury is a little concerning because things were already kind of thin at the running back position. And I know they signed Sony Michel, and you know he's certainly capable. But, uh, again, you want to have bodies at that position because you need bodies at that particular position. And they won't know what he looks like till Friday, perhaps, according to Sean McVay coming into this game against Tampa. But look, I I thought Matthew Stafford looked pretty good again. He had one really bad pass, but I thought he was good. The Rams' rush defense was a little concerning to me personally, and we saw a little bit of that against uh, the Bears too. So that's something I think they need to kind of tighten up a bit. Their secondary pretty tight for the most part still. But the because Jalen Ramsey and that group is just incredible. But the run defense, a little surprised how yeah. weak it's been for the first two games.
0: Look, it's a good so, win against Chicago. It's a good win against Indianapolis. You're off to a two and zero start. But yeah. the real action gets started this Sunday when the Super Bowl champions come to
2: town. Right, we got that. Your boyfriend is coming to town. I get That's it. Right. I get it. That's get it. right, my man right. crush. The Raiders go. Give me your thoughts.
0: Um, unbelievable win. I mean, to to have the Ravens in Week One with the crowd filled and the emotion of Week One to have a short week because you played on Monday night, to have to travel west to east to go to a hostile environment like Pittsburgh to win that game, that is the win of the weekend in my opinion. There were a lot of great wins, a lot of great and close games. The win of the weekend goes to the Raiders. That win against Pittsburgh, that makes people think the Raiders could be for real.
2: Yeah, look, it had me asking the question. I don't think there's any question. I'm I'm most impressed of the 2-0 teams with the Raiders because of that, because of who they won against. And, look, I'm not trying to take away anything from Tom Brady and those guys, but the Cowboys, I feel like, are okay, and Atlanta stinks, okay? Uh, the Broncos' schedule has been stinky. The Panthers, actually, to me, are, are fairly impressive at 2-0, and considering who they've played, and the Rams, um, you know, fairly impressive as well. But the Raiders... Derek Carr looks like the guy we saw in 2016, which is an MVP candidate. Keyshawn was out there telling people a couple weeks ago that Derek Carr is that elite guy again. We kind of scoffed at it, and he's been right so far. Those free agent pickups on defense have been fantastic as well. Last one quick, Cap, because we've got like 45 seconds. The Chargers, go.
0: The Chargers, who are they? I don't know what happened. I saw all those Cowboy fans go into SoFi Stadium, and when Greg Zerline kicked a 56-yard field goal to win the game, I heard the Cowboy fans explode, George. That was a Cowboy game, not a Charger game.
2: Yeah, the Chargers just did the Charger thing that they do, man, where they blow it. Um, Six penalties. Or excuse me, their penalties cost them six first downs and two touchdowns, all called back that could have won them that game. Both touchdowns would have given them the lead. All right, we're done here. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Excellent work, George Sedano. Great job, Lindsay and Laura as well. We will talk to you mañana at 3.55. Have a great evening. See ya.